All right, take your Bibles this morning and turn with me in the New Testament to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to read the first four verses and then get right into the message here this morning. 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to take a look at, the, the Bible talks about the fact that there are seven resurrections in Scripture. But we're going to, not going to look at all seven this morning. We're going to look at three in particular and, and that's going to be the, the subject matter this morning, the three resurrections. Let's all stand together if you would. And if your neighbor does not have a Bible, allow them to look on with you as we read the first four verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye, ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we want to thank you so much for being our God, for being so good to us. Lord, we thank you most of all for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that he died for my sins. I'm thankful that he made the payment. But Lord, without that resurrection, it would have all been for naught. And we're thankful, as, as we heard in Sunday school class this morning from one of our folks, uh, it's so good to have a risen, living Savior that we serve. And Lord, we love you this morning. We pray that you guide and direct us uh, through this message, I pray, Father, that our hearts would be open to you and we would understand not only the importance of resurrection, but we would also see how it affects our lives on a day-by-day -day basis for us in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. very first resurrection that I want us to look at this morning is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the reason why that is so important is because that resurrection is absolutely pivotal. It's, uh, it's, it's one of the most documented events in, in all of history. And if you, if you think about it, so oftentimes, I don't know if you have this tendency, I know I do, I, and I need to be careful of it. Um, when I witness to someone, I go through the basic plan of salvation with somebody, let them know that they're a sinner, that they're on their way to hell because of their sin, that the only way that they can, they can uh, escape the penalty of hell is by trusting Jesus Christ and him alone as Savior, repent from their sin and trust him and him alone and, and believe on him. And uh, uh, then we say, you know, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But sometimes when, when giving the... the uh, uh, plan of salvation to someone, we, we, we spend, and rightfully so, a lot of time on his death. But sometimes we don't spend much time on his resurrection. And keep your finger here in 1 Corinthians, but go to Romans chapter 10. And these are, these are some verses that uh, I use just about every time I witness to someone. Verses 9 and 10, and then, of course, we, you, then we drop down to verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But notice verses 9 and 10. 
says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That, that resurrection is absolutely essential to believe in for salvation. It is, it is, a, it was a, it is a pivotal doctrine uh, in, in Christianity. And uh, the Bible talks about the fact that uh, it, it was witnessed by so many different people. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was witnessed by Mary Magdalene. She was the first one who saw him. Uh, there were other women that were there as well. Mary, uh, the mother of James, and then also Salome was there. Then, there, then Peter saw, saw him in his resurrected state. Uh, the disciples that were walking with him on the Emmaus Road saw him. Uh, the 11 disciples later, and, and, and then the, the, uh, the disciples with Thomas, actually 10 disciples, and then the 10 plus Thomas, 11, uh, saw him. The disciples saw him again at the Sea of Tiberias. Uh, they saw him on a mountain. Uh, there were, the scripture tells us, in fact, if you look with me, if you just drop down to verse, verse 5, uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, it says, And he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. 500 people saw him all at the same time. Uh, there, was, there was those that saw him when he ascended uh, and, and went up to heaven to be with the Father. And then the Apostle Paul saw him later. He gave him a special appearance on the road to Damascus. And the, the bottom line is this, is that the, the, uh, the Christian faith rises and falls on the resurrection. And one of the things that the Apostle Paul does in 1 Corinthians 15 is, is he looks at, at the, the aspect of what if the resurrection did not occur? What if Christ did not rise from the dead? What are the implications of that? Well, the first implication is pretty obvious. First implication is that Christ was a false prophet. He was a liar because he said he was going to rise again after the third day. And, and he told people numerous times that that event was going to, was going to take place. And uh, he would not be reliable in, in any matter of faith and practice. You, you, you wouldn't be able to trust him or believe on him. And then, then the Apostle Paul goes into some arguments. Uh, look with me, if you would, in verses 14 down through 19 of 1 Corinthians 15. It says, and if Christ be not risen, in other words, if he didn't rise from the dead, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So there's, there's tremendous repercussions 
if Christ did not rise from the dead. And he looks at not only uh, Christ not rising from the dead, but they're just, it, what if there just was no resurrection of the dead at all? And, and these are the things that he said would be true. First of all, he said our preaching would be a waste of time. It would be in vain. It would all be for nothing, according to verse 14, because uh, we're, we're preaching something that is not true. The, the second thing that he said is that, that our faith would be a waste of time. Our faith would be absolutely and totally in vain because we're putting faith in something that if the dead rise not, then, then it didn't happen. Uh, the, the, uh, the other repercu another repercussion of uh, uh, if the resurrection did not take place and if there is no rising from the dead, uh, all believers are liars. Look down in verse 15 with me. Yea, and we are all found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. So if the dead don't rise... If Jesus Christ, if the dead don't rise, then Jesus Christ didn't rise. And if he didn't rise, then, uh, then uh, uh, all of us are liars who have witnessed uh, that way. We're false witnesses. Uh, according to verse 17, uh, believers are yet in their sins. Look at verse 17. It says, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. In other words, it's empty. It's just, it's worthless. Your faith is vain. Uh, ye are yet in your sins. One of the things that gives us justification by faith is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are, we are justified, we are looked at as just in the eyes of God because of his resurrection. If there was no resurrection, there is no justification. If there is no justification, then every person in here that has is, that is trusted Christ as Savior is still in their sins. When you are in your sins and you die, you die and go to hell for all eternity. Uh, the, that, is, that makes the difference between a saved person and a lost person. A saved person is no longer in their sins. In other words, their sins are forgiven and because of the resurrection and they will, they will end up spending eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. The thing that makes the difference if a person is, is still in their sins at death, then they die and they go to hell for all eternity, and there is no remedy. Uh, if you go to Luke chapter 16, you find that Jesus talks about a, a, a rich man and a man by the name of Lazarus that died. Uh, the, uh, Lazarus goes to be with the Lord in paradise and uh, the, um, or excuse me, in Abraham's bosom, I believe it was the same thing, just a different name. Uh, and uh, uh, he, was, he was a Jewish man, I believe, and that's why he went, that's why he called it Abraham's bosom. But he went to, to Abraham's bosom, and the Bible says that the, the rich man died and went to hell. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes in torment and said that he was in torment in the flame. He wanted... And I can't even fathom this. I really can't fathom this. Uh, to be in so much pain that someone taking their finger and dipping it in water and coming over and taking that drop of water that lingers at the end of the fingertip and putting it on a person's tongue 
And, and that being a relief to that individual and cool my tongue for I'm tormented. I can't, I can't imagine that kind of torment. But that's the kind of torment that a person goes through when they die in their sins. If you're here this morning, I, I implore you. If you're here this morning and you are still in your sins because you have not yet come to that point where you have trusted Christ as Savior, you have not been born again, as the Bible says, and you have not uh, asked him to be your Savior and believed and trusted on him and him alone, uh, I implore you, do not, and I, I mean this with all my heart, do not leave this place today without getting that thing settled. Uh, that is the single most important issue that any person ever has to deal with. I am so thankful that somebody came to me with a gospel when I was 17 years old. Now, I, w I wished I got it earlier, but I'm glad I got it at 17. Amen? Uh, I am. I'm, I'm glad. Some of you got saved later in life. And because you got saved later in life, that was longer that you didn't know and have that assurance. And you got probably into some things that you wouldn't have gotten into uh, had you gotten saved uh, earlier in life. If I if I gotten saved earlier than 17, I wouldn't have gotten into some of the things that I got into. But I'm just I'm just thankful that someone was faithful and brought me the gospel, and I had the opportunity to trust Christ as 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 Savior. The moment I believed on Him, I was no longer in my sins. My sins were forgiven. Past sins, present sins, stuff I hadn't even done or even thought about doing yet, gone, removed, forgiven because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You say, yeah, but it was his death. It was his death, but his death without that resurrection would have been useless. He had to rise from the dead, and he did. Uh, another, another reason why the resurrection is, is so important is because if it didn't happen, then everyone who has ever died right now, no matter who they are, they're all in hell. Look in verse 18. It says, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. In other words, if they had trusted Christ as Savior, but there was no resurrection, they all died and went to hell because they were still in their sins because the resurrection gives victory. And it gives victory over death, over sin, over hell, and over the grave. And that would not have taken place had it not been for the resurrection. And then last of all, uh, if, if the resurrection didn't take place, then believers are the most miserable people on the face of this earth. Look, look down at verse 19. If, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most Miserable, And the truth of the matter is, if there was no resurrection, then we're deluded. We've got a false hope. And uh, you have no hope of ever seeing uh, loved ones that, that have, have gone on before. Uh, recently, uh, back uh, right around Easter time, Carlton Breyer graduated. He went to heaven. Uh, he had trusted Christ as Savior years before. Uh, that, was a, that was a sad time when he passed. I miss him. I miss him. Nobody will ever fill that spot like he did. 
Nobody. But you know what? I'm going to see him again. <laughs> I'm going to see him again. So are, so are you if you're saved. You'll see him again. Uh, if there was no resurrection, we'd ha we wouldn't have that hope. We wouldn't say that we could see those folks again. But the truth is, uh, those things are not true. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's not a liar. Our preaching is not a waste of time. Our faith is not in vain. Uh, all believers are not liars. Uh, believers are, are not in their sins if they've trusted Christ as Savior. Uh, everyone who has died that trusted him is not in hell, they're in heaven. And someday you're going to see your loved ones again. And uh, b believers are not the most miserable people on the earth. We ought to be the happiest people on the earth because he's risen. Look with me in verses 20 through 22. He, he concludes the matter and says, but now is Christ risen from the dead? He says, now, if, if he wasn't, these things would be true, but he is. And so praise the Lord that he is. And he says, and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So because of the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can have hope, and we can have, uh, and it's not a hope-so hope, it's a no-so hope, and you can, you can have forgiveness of sins, and you can come to Christ and know for sure that uh, one day you'll go to heaven to be with him because of the resurrection. Now, that's the resurrection of Christ. Now, because of the resurrection of Christ, that is the resurrection that our resurrection depends upon. And this is the second one we're going to look at. In verses 20 through 22, at what we just read, we read about the fact that one day believers will be resurrected from the dead. The bodies of believers will be resurrected. Now, how will, how will the saved dead be raised and what will their bodies be like? Well, look with me in, in the same chapter, look in verses uh, 35 down through 44. Verse 35 says, But some men will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bear grain. It, it, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him into every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. 
Now, in those verses, he gives us some characteristics of the, of the body that will that someday that we have to look forward to. In verse 37, he says, uh, And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not the body that, uh, that shall be, but bear grain. It, it's made chance of wheat or of some other grain. The new body is not going to be like the old body. And all God's people said... <laughs> you don't want another one of these, okay? You want, you want a new body. You think about it, and he uses, he uses seeds and plants as examples. He says it's planted one way, and it, it uh, comes up another way. Uh, you, take a, you take a seed, you take a corn seed. Does a corn seed look like what you end up getting when the, the plant blossoms and, and, and grows up. No, no, it's, it's totally different. And the, the plant is much more glorious than the seed is. A uh, plant doesn't look like it's seed. The body is, is sown uh, one way and is raised another way. It's sown sickly and it's raised healthy. Uh, you, you know, you're not going to need glasses in heaven. Praise God. Amen. You know, I, I've, I've often said when, uh, when I go up, I've got, a, I've got some, some spare parts now that I didn't have years ago. And I have uh, uh, two, uh, two man-made knees, and I got a, a rod that is fusing some vertebrae going down my back. Uh, when, if, the, if the rapture takes place and I'm still alive, okay, there's going to be clunk, clunk, clunk. <laughs> I, I, I think that's neat. Uh, I'm leaving that stuff behind. I'm not taking that with me. Uh, but then there'll be another clunk. I'm not taking these glasses. They're not, they're not going. They're, they're, they're going to be left behind. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the body that we get is, is going to be different. This one gets sick. This one is a mess. Uh, but that one is going to be healthy. Uh, th this body is sown scarred. The next body, the new body, will be smooth and it'll be new. Uh, this body is, is, is just a mess. The new body will be perfect. This body is deformed. The next body will be beautiful. The, uh, uh, this body is, is, becomes crippled as you get older. Uh, that body will, will be whole. It's a new body. It's not like the old. And then in verse 38, it's a body that God gives you. God gives the body. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, when he shall appear, it says, we shall be like him. In other words, we're going to have the kind of body that Jesus Christ had. Well, what kind of body did Jesus Christ have? Well, when the disciples were in, 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 the, in a, a room and all the doors and windows were closed, he just appeared. Well, what did he do? Well, he either just appeared or he just walked right straight through the wall. Uh, that's the kind of body you're going to have. It's going to be one that is not going to be subject to the laws of nature and the laws of gravity. Uh, he, was, he, was, uh, he had a, a different kind of body, and our body will be like his body. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 21 says, Who shall change our vile body? 
And it is. It's a vile body. It gets sick. It, it, it has terrible things that come out of it. Uh, not, only, not only just verbal things, but, but other stuff. Just, just a mess. It says, uh, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. You have, you have to look. You know, I can remember as a kid. Um, I used to I used to like comics when I was younger. I still like comics. I still I still read daily comics every day. Um, and uh, uh, but uh, when I was a kid, I would buy comic books, and I, I remember opening up that comic book. And back then, can you imagine comics only being a dime? But they were, and of course, a dime was a whole lot more valuable than it is today. But uh, you'd open up that comic, and on that, on that cover side, in black and white, was usually a, uh, uh, an advertisement for some bodybuilding course or whatever. And it had this guy that was just rippling with muscles. I mean, woo! I mean, he had, he had, a, he had a, a, a different kind of body than what I had then as a kid or have ever had since then, okay? Uh, and never had one like in heaven, man. I'm gonna ha I'm gonna have rippling muscles. Uh, it's gonna be a <laughs> I don't know if I am or not, but it's gonna be a glorious body. I know that for sure. It's gonna be better, uh, so much better than the, than the body that what we have today, because it'll be fashioned like unto His glorious body. Down in verse uh, 42, it says, uh, "So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption." It is raised in incorruption. It'll be an incorruptible body. What that means is it'll never die again. Never die. Death won't even be something you'll be thinking about. There'll be, there'll be no corruption. Uh, you know, you'll have perfect teeth. There'll be no tooth decay. There'll be, you know, no, no need for a root canal. Praise the Lord. Uh, there'll be no, no, no hair loss. And, what I, and this is just my own personal opinion, okay, I don't think that hair will be growing in places where hair has no business growing like it does when you're older. You know, you're not going to have a garden growing out of your ear in, in heaven. I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> there's no tumors. There's no aging. There's no sickness. There's no sight loss. There's no, no hearing loss. <laughs> there's no fallen arches. Uh, there's, there's no sagging bellies in heaven. Uh, we're, we will have a glorious body, and it will be incorruptible. In verse 43, it, it calls it what I just called it, a glorious body. Verse 43, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It'll, it'll, never, it'll be a body that'll never be dishonored. It'll always be strong for all eternity. It'll always be powerful. It'll never degenerate. Like Jesus, he'll be, it'll be capable of instantaneous travel, going through walls, uh, not subject to earth's laws. And, and, and I think the most wonderful thing about that body is that it will not contain a sin nature. There will be no sin nature in you in heaven. You leave that behind. And then down in verse, verse 44, he calls it a spiritual body. It says, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Um, it, it's, it's not anything like the natural. Uh, Luke chapter 24 and verse 39 
Jesus said this. He said, a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. It's a spiritual body, but it has flesh and bones, but it's a different kind of flesh, and it's a different kind of bones. And the implication there is that uh, there, there won't be any blood. It'll just be a flesh and a bone body. Uh, we know that we're going to get that kind of a body, and we can have confidence in that because Jesus Christ got one. Jesus Christ is called the first fruits. And because of his resurrection, we know that someday we will be raised uh, unto everlasting life as well. Then the, the third resurrection. Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. In John chapter 5, look in verses 28 and 29. John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. It says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Uh, that's talking about the resurrection of unsaved dead. Um, take your Bibles and turn with me to, Rome, to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. I was listening to yesterday a message that was uh, preached by my good friend in Wisconsin, Pastor Harley Keck. He preached it to, to a bunch of preachers down in, uh, down in Texas over the summer. And uh, he was talking about his, a little bit about his family. He was talking about eternity and how that uh, two of his brothers have since passed away. I can remember the number of times that he went down to Sioux City, City, Iowa to witness to his brothers and tell them about Christ. And to, to my knowledge and to his knowledge, they never trusted Christ as Savior. And he made the comment. He says, uh, he says that means that my brothers right now are in hell. He says, I, I don't even like to think about that but sometimes I need to think about that because that's reality. Um, I have a dad who has passed away, a mom who's passed away, two moms. Um, have a brother who's passed away. I've got a sister who's passed away. But to my knowledge, they were all witnessed to, and I've witnessed to them. My, some of my family members have witnessed to them. But to my knowledge, none of them got saved so they they are unsaved dead and right now they are in hell i don't like thinking about that it's hard for me to think about that but that's just reality look at revelation chapter 20 and look in verse 13 this is uh after the millennium after the 1000 year reign of christ on the earth verse 13 it says and the sea gave up the dead 
which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. So you got a resurrection of, of lost dead people. And they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. This is the great white, white throne judgment, and at the great white throne judgment, the unsaved dead are, are going to be resurrected, and, and particularly verse 15 is what gets me. It says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, again, I don't, I don't know intimately everybody. I know some people better than others that are here this morning. Some I hardly know you at all other than shaking your hand. But I know this. That if you're not saved, if you don't know for sure that if you die and you go to heaven because you've trusted Christ as Savior, because you have become born again, you've, 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 you've trusted him and him alone for the forgiveness of your sins, what I just read is your fate. That's a horrible thing. That's why I say don't leave this place in, in, still in your sins the whole one of the one of the one of the chief reasons why Jesus Christ raised rose from the dead is so that you would not have to continue in your sins god would forgive you of all your sins give you eternal life and you would not have to spend eternity eventually in the lake of fire all all hell is is a holding station that are, all the, the dead are brought up from, are resurrected, and they're brought up. They stand before God. They're all found guilty that we're already in hell, and then they're all thrown, cast into the lake of fire. You never find anybody that's cast into that lake of fire that is ever, ever taken out again. You're there for all eternity. And the Bible says over and over again, particularly in the book of Revelation, talks about the smoke of their torment ascendeth forever and ever. You know, some people got this idea that hell is like a, like a microwave. You go into it and you just get zapped and you're, you're just removed. No, that isn't what the Bible says. It says it's eternal torment. It's absolutely eternal torment. If you have not trusted Christ as Savior, uh, let me encourage you to do so today before before you leave this place, in just a moment, we're going to give an invitation. And I'm going to be standing up front. If, if you're here and you have any concerns about eternity, come see me. I'll put you with someone. They'll take the word of God. They'll explain it to you. They'll take their time with you. And you can know before you leave this place, not because it's a Baptist church, not, not going to make you a Baptist. It's going to make you saved. It's going to make you born again if you trust him and him alone as your savior. But these are the three resurrections. Now, each of these three resurrections motivate us, and they, at least they ought to. First of all, Christ, Christ's resurrection. What should that motivate you to do? It should motivate you to get saved. He has paid the price. He has done everything that's necessary you don't have to do anything but believe on him. 
Bible says it's not of works lest any man should boast. It's by grace. It's through faith. And all you just simply need to do is trust him and him alone as Savior. And uh, if you do that, you can, you can have eternal life. So Christ's resurrection, that motivates us to trust him as Savior. The believer's resurrection, what does that motivate us to do? Take your Bibles and go back to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, and look at me starting in verse 54. He's just talked about the resurrection. I, I call chapter 15 the, the resurrection chapter. In, verse, uh, in, in the verses prior to verse 54, he's talking about how, how that uh, Christ rose from the dead and uh, uh, how one day we'll rise from the dead and what our body will be like and so forth. And then in verse 54, he says, so then this corruptible, talking about this, shall have put on incorruption. And this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? You know what, you know what God's doing a little bit there? He's doing a little bit of a na-na-na-na-boo-boo. <laughs> Where, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? What? You're not so hot. Uh, the resurrection took away your power. Praise the Lord for that. Amen? That's what we have to look forward to. It says this, uh, in verse 56, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he said all that to motivate us. And this is, this is what he expects us to do. Verse 58, because, of the, because Christ raised from the dead, because we someday will rise from the dead, because we have victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave because of Christ, then he says in verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, don't waver, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Why? Because there's eternity to look forward to. There's rewards to look forward to. Uh, there is a new body to look forward to. We're going to have all those things because we've trusted Christ as Savior. So he says, listen, what is going on down here and the pain that you might go through in this body and the grief that you might put it through as you serve the Lord is only for a moment. In comparison to eternity, this life, honestly, is nothing more than a blink of the eye. That's all it is. But he says, you have something to look forward to, so therefore, because of what you have to look forward to, therefore, because of all that Christ has done for you, be Ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, get busy, stay at it, don't quit. I don't care what your infirmity might be, it's only going to be for a while. Someday that's going to be removed. I don't care what your circumstances are, they're, they're going to change someday. You're going to be with Christ for eternity. You're going to be in a brand new body, all because of his resurrection. And then the, the, the last one is the unsaved dead. Now, obviously, 
uh, because of that resurrection, if you're not saved, you need to take care of that. And I'm serious when I say you should take care of it today. If you've got doubts, if you've got questions, you know, don't play with that thing. Make sure that your salvation is certain. But not only that, but if you're already saved and you know you're saved, how does the, the resurrection of the unsaved dead, how does that, how does that affect you and me? You know, you know what? It, it, hits, it hits us, I think, in three areas. Number one, it should cause us to pray for those that are not saved yet. Don't quit praying for them. You know, up until uh, my family passed away, I prayed for them and prayed for them and prayed for them. You say, how much have you been praying for them since they, since they died? Not at all. Not at all. Catholics do that. that that's vanity. That's vanity. They're already dead. They're already gone. Uh, your, your prayers will not affect them after death. Your prayers affect people now. Don't quit praying for folks. Secondly, don't quit witnessing to them. Be a witness. Be a testimony, not only to them, but to other folks that, that you have the opportunity to come in contact with on a day by day. If you don't witness to them and they don't get saved, this is what their future is. We just read it. Revelation chapter 20. One day they're going to say, depart from me, you, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And they're going to be cast in a lake of fire. I've heard, I've heard people say, uh, I don't believe that, a, that a, a loving God would put anybody in hell. Well, then you don't know your Bible. You don't know your Bible. Because the Bible, you say, well, yeah, but... But your own lack of, of belief is what really puts you in hell. I, I agree. But he does say, depart from me into everlasting fire. That sure sounds like he's sentencing somebody to hell. Why does he do that? Because he already paid the price. And he offered it. And that offer was snubbed. And it was refused. Don't be the one that refuses it. And if you're already saved and you've not refused it, then that ought to motivate you to be, to be a prayer warrior for those that are, are still lost. It ought to motivate you to be a witness. And you know, the third thing I, I thought, and I, I, I hadn't really even thought of this before, but it's true. We don't usually think of it until missions conference time comes along. That's why it's so important to give them missions because we got the opportunity to not just have an effect here in, in our area, but we have an opportunity to be a, have an effect around the world. People are dying and going to hell in record numbers. We, we, I read this morning during the announcements, I read about what, what was it, 2022 people? 2022 people that because some folks here gave and made it possible for Brother Stansel to go over there, uh, they got saved. 22 people will not be in uh, Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15. They were Muslims. They were, they were following a false religion. They were heading for hell. They're not heading for hell anymore. <laughs> They've trusted Christ as Savior. And part of that is because somebody gave so somebody could go. The resurrection is important. Christ's resurrection your resurrection, 
and then the resurrection of unsaved dead. That ought to be, all three of those ought to be motivators to us to do what we need to have done. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around, I'd like to just simply ask a question before we pray and before we begin the invitation, and that's simply this. Are you absolutely positive that if you died today that you'd go to heaven? Just right where you sit. Can you look back to at a time when you trusted Christ and him alone as Savior? You realize you're a sinner on your way to hell. You repented, believed on Christ, and got saved. If you know that for sure, I wonder if you could just raise your hand as a testimony. Heads bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. All right, thank you. You can put your hands down. Is there anyone here that would be just as honest and say, you know, I'm concerned. I'm not sure. Not sure that uh, that's taken place in my life. Maybe you know that it hasn't taken place in your life. But uh, regardless, uh, your status with the Lord is not is a little bit on shaky ground. And you'd say, uh, Pastor, here's my hand. Would you just pray for me? I won't call you out. Nobody will know who you are. But I'd count it a privilege to be able to pray for you. Anyone like that here this morning, just by an uplifted hand, just say, Preacher, here's my hand. Just pray for me. I'm, I'm, I'm not saved. All right, you're here this morning and you are saved. That uh, resurrection of the unsaved dead, does that, does that affect you? I was reminded of it this, this last week and in getting this message together. Uh, there's some folks that I know that are going to be in that resurrection. And it's not because I didn't witness to them, because I did. But there's other folks that if I don't witness to them, if I don't pray, if I don't give to missions, if I don't go, they will be. The Lord's kind of worked on your heart. The Bible says because of our, our resurrection, we ought to be steadfast and unmovable. Maybe you've gotten a little shaky here recently. The Lord kind of tapping on your heart's door this morning and there's something you need to take care of. I wonder if you might just raise your hand and say, Pastor, here's my hand. Pray for me. God's dealing with me about something and uh, I need to make sure that I respond properly. All right? Thank you. I see several hands this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for working in hearts and thank you for taking the word of God and, and bringing it down to where we live. But that resurrection, your resurrection, was key. And then our resurrection is uh, what motive, ought to motivate us to be steadfast and unmovable. Yeah, we've, we've got lots of struggles and lots of problems possibly today, but someday that's all going to be over. So until then, we ought to put the pedal to the metal, be steadfast and unmovable, and get the job done while we're here. Lord, I pray for anyone that might be here without Christ as Savior. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray they wouldn't leave this place without talking to somebody coming down the aisle and grab my hand and say, Preacher, I need to be saved. Somebody will take the word of God. I'll put them with someone that takes the word of God and will we'll help them with that. Lord, there's other folks that just raised their hand and said, uh, Lord uh, has spoken to me about something. I pray they, they would 
start down the road of getting that thing settled, whatever it might be. And I pray that you give them clarity of mind so that they can do that. Lord, just work in our hearts. And uh, Lord, may we respond to your resurrection, to our own resurrection someday, and the, poss- and the, 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 the day that the unsaved dead will be resurrected and give account of themselves before you. Lord, speak to our hearts, and may we say yes to you today, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.